everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Physical Media. My name is John. And I'm Faith. And today on the channel, we're going to be talking about all things physical media, everything physical media adjacent, answer some of your questions, and just hang out for about an hour. So Faith, how was your week? It was good. Just working, you know. Yeah. Same old, same old. Living your best life. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's about what I did too. Watching a bunch of movies, trying to catch up on some Wes Anderson movies with uh, Asteroid City coming out next week, which I just found out isn't going to be playing in our area next week, so I have to wait a week to see it unless I go all the way to the city. Well, that's good because you have a lot of things to see next week anyway. Yeah, yep. I'll be seeing The Blackening with you on Wednesday. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That does look good. I'm excited about that. You oh. don't even watch the trailer, so how I, do you know if it looks good or not? Well, I go by what you tell me. Because <laughs> <laughs> you want to see it so that's why originally you said oh you got to see it then i saw it well else. like what's funnier than having a all-black cast in a horror comedy about horror <laughs> and like like who dies first like that's like the question of the game like what's funnier than that yeah, it's a spoof or a yeah, satire, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of um, the Waynes and stuff like that. Oh, with the scary movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing that on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I'm going to see Elementals. And then we'll go on Saturday and see The Flesh. Sounds good to me. And I'm a little disappointed about Asteroid City because I'm really excited for that. But anyway. Well, you'll still see it. Yeah, I'll good. see it. I just have to wait a week. Unless we go to the city and see it. If you want to. <laughs> we don't got time. It's Father's Day next weekend and we have fathers. So we have to do that. Yeah. So, but anyway, there wasn't too much news this week as far as new 4K announcements, but what there was were some pretty damn big 4K announcements. The first one was a rumor that finally got confirmed. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is coming to 4K on August 1st from Paramount, so you can get that in a steelbook and an original version. What do you think of Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Okay, so my mom texted me. Mm -hmm. And she said, you don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I didn't say I didn't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I said, it's not my favorite movie. She must be watching your stuff. But yeah, she, said, she said, I can't believe John doesn't like that movie. I just don't love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's not that I like, I like it. It's I'll not watch. my favorite either, but no. it's a good movie. It's decent enough. I mean, obviously, Matthew Broderick turns in um, a fantastic performance. So it's definitely, actually, it's probably his most iconic performance, you know, but after this, he just pretty much always played the, the nerdy guy, like in movies like Inspector Gadget or Election and movies like that. But for this, he was the coolest guy on the planet yeah. when that movie came out. Yeah. But when it comes to John Hughes movies, though, my favorite personally is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Two dollars <laughs> and, uh, and a Casio. And then Uncle Buck. Those are my favorite Oh, guys. I love those two. I... Wait, so Home Alone is a John Hughes movie? John Hughes wrote Home Alone, but Christopher Columbus directed it. Same thing with Christmas Vacation. John Hughes wrote that, but he didn't direct it. Okay. So, so actually, what are other John Hughes movies? John Hughes movies, you got Curly Sue, The Breakfast I Club. Like Curly Sue. Curly Sue was great. That's one that nobody ever brings up, but Jim Belushi is fantastic in that with the girl from the Pepsi commercials. Mm. Uh, Breakfast Club. I Breakfast know. Club is that's probably his most famous, right? Mm -hmm. That or Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Is Pretty in Pink? Pretty in Pink, 16 oh, Candles. Oh, so he has a lot of good movies. So out of all those movies, though, like <sighs> Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles, I'm just not a big fan of either. So, oh, I love 16 Candles. 16 Candles is the one with the racist character, right, though? The Asian guy? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. How, that's pretty offensive. <laughs> 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 Hasn't aged well. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's hilarious though. Yeah, I mean, we can't be all. We can't be so sensitive. No, the world's yeah. sensitive. I'm not sensitive to that. But yeah. uh, it's just you know that was the time. It's uh, a different world. Like we watch a lot of shows, older shows, not even that long ago. Like How I Met Your Mother, and oh, yeah, they was... they get away with so much stuff. Yeah, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the only show that could still get oh, away with. Oh, it just anything. started, and oh, the first 16. two episodes were amazing. By the way, yeah, if you guys uh, haven't watched the new season, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's fantastic. Me and Faith have been watching that together, and then we're also watching the third season of I Think You Should Leave Now, which I think, if you guys have not seen that... Oh, he's a traitor. Oh, he man. watched the episode without I me. I and watched... he, everyone knows that is a rule. You do not break in a marriage, and he broke it. I just... I needed something quick, and I needed to laugh, and I mean, that's what Tim Robinson's there for. I just... <laughs> I can't wait to show you the episode I saw the other I'm day. I'm watching it with you. You are watching it with mm-hmm. me. <laughs> but yeah, that's just some classic comedy from both of those shows if you haven't seen them yet. I mean, my God, the start of season 16 with the bedroom. Was just <laughs> 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 he knew the bedroom was there the whole time. <laughs> Don't give it away. Let I know. Watch let it. you guys watch it. That's just a little slight spoiler, I guess, but definitely check that one out. So yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off coming to 4K on August 1st from Paramount. Steelbook and Standard Editions. And then the other big one, which you're going to be excited about, is Matilda on September Yay, 1st. Yeah, <laughs> I love Matilda. That's coming in a Steelbook from Sony Pictures. So it's a catalog title. It's not mm-hmm. that expensive. And I can't wait to get it. I can't yeah. wait to see the Trunchable in 4K. Yeah. Well, I love <laughs> Danny DeVito. He so. directed that movie. A lot of people don't realize Danny DeVito directed that movie. He also directed uh, War with the Roses. Do you remember that? Or War of the Roses mm-hmm. with uh, Michael Douglas? Yeah. A movie's fantasy. Danny actually is a pretty decent director. And yeah. obviously he's great in Matilda. We always quote him. There's a line in that movie that me and Faith actually always quote, quote when the kid's like choking and stuff on the food because Matilda put a, he's like, chew your food, you're, you're an animal. animal. <laughs> That's your favorite. I love that line. <laughs> he doesn't even check on the kid. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get up. The, that's, they're terrible parents. <laughs> Him and his uh, real life wife, Danny DeVito in that movie. Well, ex-wife. No, they're still married. I they, were... they they like separated, but they never actually officially divorced. I mean, oh. I always think of the Family Guy joke with that one. Um, you know, it's either me or nobody. Pretty much with the two of them. <laughs> that is true. Because yeah. her voice, her voice, and I mean, he's literally the same height as you, and he's a man. So no, fuck off. <laughs> I'm just saying, like that guy. I mean, he's perfect though. I love Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for that movie on 4K. That's a uh, it's a fairy tale, pretty much. It's one of those, like, especially if you were a 90s kid. I think that came out in 1996. That's that's a movie that we all grew up just loving. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So I definitely can't wait to get my hands on that 4K. Beautiful steelbook, by the way, also, with the colors. It's not what I think of with Matilda. I never think of pink, but, you know, they yeah. teach their own. I'm glad that at least we're getting it. It should look pretty damn nice. What was the teacher's name? Miss Honey? Yeah. That was the Trunchable sister? Yeah. Never got that. (laughs) No, it's her niece. Oh, she's the Trunchable's niece? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Her dad was her sister. Oh. uh, Was uh, Trunchable's brother. Yes, that makes sense because she got the house and that's like a big deal and stuff like that. Mm -hmm, The candies. Yep. And Danny DeVito is the worst used car salesman. (laughs) (laughs) And he sells her, we just turned the miles back. He's gluing the bumpers on. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if I was the Trunchable, I'd be really pissed off, too. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my God, yeah. And why would you do that to her? Like, he, she grabbed that car, turned it around, <laughs> and went right back. I wouldn't I screw her over. Yeah, no, not her. 
But I just have a lot of questions about the parents in town not bringing up the fact that when the student screws up, she puts them in the chokey <laughs> and it's just this... And throws yeah. them. Yeah, throws by the pigtails <laughs> over the fence. But that's awesome scene. who lands right in the flowers. So. But, like, <laughs> she didn't care if she didn't land or not. No, she didn't care. That's she wasn't going to check on them. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Unfortunately for the pigtails kid. <laughs> <laughs> But eh, she's basically a Nazi running that school. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, cannot wait for that 4K. But that really was it as far as news. We didn't really get anything else. No big announcements from Criterion or Shout Factory or Arrow Video. None of their stuff coming out. So it really wasn't too, too much. We kind of covered most of the stuff that was coming out last week. So it's really just, you know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and uh, Matilda. Those are the big things. You heard anything new? Anything going on? Anything in the world of TV of note that you want to talk about? Well, I watch a lot of, like, stuff that pe- the pe- your followers might not like. So I'm sure. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like I, the fourth season of Never Have Right Ever came out. That's on Netflix. Um, it's a good, it's a cute little um, high school little show. Like, I don't know. I like those little shows, though. Very light, sweet, you know, always has a good ending, kind of. And that's what I, I need in my life because there's so many things that are going on with the world that sometimes you need that comfort yeah and that's kind of what i dive into shows like always sunny and like i think you should leave now for or like comfort food mm-hmm. you know like they're just there to like to ease the pain especially if you've been watching like dramatic movies you need something like because yes. i watched the the red shoes this week and like that movie was that was a it's just such a slow movie from 1948 it's a great looking movie but you know after you watch something like that you need you need a laugh yeah. you know so like i definitely dove into that's one the night i watched i think you should leave now because without you i needed a laugh mm. i could have probably watched something from the first two seasons not the third you know because to honor our marriage but mm. unfortunately i i don't think that was in our vows <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember our vows <laughs> off the top of my head, but I don't think that was in them. So, were you watching Class of '09? Yeah. How is that? Um, Class of '09 is a little slow the first few episodes, but it's good. It's good. It's really good. Um, one good thing about it is like a lot of those pieces, uh, like TV shows that have multiple time jumps, um, it can get a little confusing. They, they do, do something with the uh, cameras. No, have- no, but they every every time there's a time jump, they tell you it, it, it's a time uh, jump. Okay. Um, I'm on episode three. We're trying to figure out if they're the class of 09, their group of friends. And from what I've seen so far, they drifted away for some reason. Their job is not all what it seems to be. There's something going on within the FBI, I believe. Okay. So that's really where I am now. How's my boy Brian Terry Henry? Oh, he's I, awesome. I he, love that guy. He's the head of the FBI. I think it's the FBI. Really? But yeah, he's the head of the FBI at this in the current, in the future. Oh, okay. So, yeah. he had, so he was in the class of 09, and now he's risen through the ranks when we go into the Yes, and then you see that. other people who didn't rise and, and didn't make it or did make it, and they're just stuck. Gotcha. Like, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good show. Okay, yeah, I was yeah. actually interested in that one. I had a cool premise. FX usually does a great work with their regular TVs. I think mm-hmm. they only follow, like, HBO as far as, like, dramas go. But I just I was interested just because of Brian Tyree Henry, because I think that guy is one of the most underrated yeah. actors ever. Yeah. You know, between Atlanta and then... Uh, he was great on Bullet in Bullet Train last year. Yeah. He also had another movie I haven't seen yet with Jennifer Lawrence that was supposedly really good. But I uh, just love the guy. But anyway, let's dive into some of these questions because we have a lot of them this week. So that's going to be really what the show is about, is answering all of your questions. So let's dive into that. What do you think, Faith? Let's get ready. You want to get started hot? (laughs) 
What does that even mean? <laughs> so this came in right at the end, and this is from Mr. Vincent Bianco, which is Uncle V. He just used his real name. Uh, so he wrote, would she give a Serbian film another chance? No. Because you never. started that with us, remember, no, and nope. you walked out. I'm not even going to allow you to finish your question. Absolutely not. <laughs> I literally made what twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. He got up and left, and yeah, let me and I Matt could not it. do it. I don't understand how they could do it. It was just. I mean, we didn't want to do it. We did it for the review. Yeah, but there's a point where you say, "Okay, enough's enough. This well, is not for me." I'll tell you what. It's desensitized me to everything because now I know that there is no meaning in the world anymore after watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to take some of whatever left of my innocence that I do have oh, they, away. They, they took that. They took that, that out back, is... and they killed it with a bunch of baseball bats like Joe Pesci and Casino. Yeah, I know. That, that movie was my my innocence. I'm keeping a little bit of it. You know, what all these things that happen in the world and you hear about. I'm a big crime junkie person, so I listen to a lot of um, crime podcasts and stuff like that. So I hear a lot about, like, abuse and, and stuff like that. So that was just a little bit too if much If something in the real world happens that's close to a Serbian film, let me know, because then the world... Oh, I'm up. sure it happens all over. Well, not that extent, mm. but I'm sure... That kind of mm -hmm. that stuff movie does left happen. me feeling very dirty and in need of a shower. Yeah. So I don't know. That movie was a rough watch for me. Never. No. So the answer is never. Never again. <laughs> I might try it again one day. Why? I don't know. You that, that just I don't understand. You saw it. You saw what you needed to see. Why bring it back? Maybe there was something I was missing in the plot. I don't know. There's no. no. <laughs> there was nothing you were missing. Well, there was something there, something for the people, just not for me. Yeah. All right. Next up is from Tell Him Freddy Set You. What's your hey, Freddy. What's your favorite 90s horror film? I feel like we'll probably have the same one. Oh, 90s horror? Scream. Scream. Automatically. Yeah, Scream was going to be... That's not even a question. Well, I do have a runner-up, and it's close, and that's The Exorcist 3, because that movie is great with George I've... C. Scott and has one of the greatest jobs. I've never seen it. you never seen The Exorcist 3? Well, the no. 4K is right there, and it's actually one of the best to come out this year. Well, okay. So, would Final Destinations count as horror? They do, but the first one didn't come out till 2000. Oh, okay. So, so I just missed that. Okay. Yeah, so but I do love Final Destination. I'm a big Final Destination yeah. person. So. Oh, yeah. That, those are great, great, great movies. You know, they're not serious movies. You're really there for the kills. The story is very simple with the Final Destination mm -hmm. movies. It's just basically, can you cheat death? But what if death was a real entity? And Tony Todd is in that movie as, I guess, the speaker for death? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could, he does a good job. I mean, his voice is iconic. I love Tony Todd. That's a great one. Um, even though that's not the 90s. What are the 90s horror movies? Uh, the Faculty is 90s. Oh, I love The Faculty, but Scream. Yeah, Scream oh, has yeah. the win. There's a lot of... 90s were rough, actually, for uh, horror movies. We yeah. didn't really get, like, only, like, we had... Uh, we did have a couple Nightmare on Elm Streets. We had a new Nightmare, which they were like a lot of the horror were like um, kind of like teeny bopperish a little bit, like a lot of teen horror stuff. Well, coming out of the '80s slashers, and then we came into the '90s, and the '90s were kind of like just still in the early '90s. We still kind of had those, but they weren't like hitting on all cylinders like how they were in the 80s. And then basically Wes Craven did a new nightmare, which is like a precursor to Scream, where it's a self-aware Freddy Krueger movie. Mm. And then Scream is obviously a very self-aware meta horror movie in itself, both directed by Wes Craven. And that kind of flipped the horror genre upside down. And then, you know, Halloween H2O is kind of like 
Michael Myers in a Scream movie in a way, where it's kind of like self-aware, meta kind of deal. Yeah. And, you know, it's 20 years after the first Halloween movie, hence the name Halloween H2O. Quality H2O. When did um, The Ring come out? 2002. Oh, so, I, so we did get a lot of good movies in early 2000s. Yes, but The Ringu, which is what the movie is based on, I believe came out in 1998, which is where the J-horror craze started with that mm. so then but i think the ring from 2002 is one of my favorite horror movies ever yeah but scream absolutely there's nothing that top scream that in, oh in itself no. nothing can from the scream. 90s no. Uh, no no uh, it's too hard to pick and then uh scream 2 came out in 1997 so we got two screams in the 90s mm-hmm. scream is way better than scream 2 in my opinion i don't know how. oh yeah absolutely except for the opening to scream 2 i love that with uh omar epps and jada pinkett that's a great opening i I think they did that because the original Scream, they had no black people in the original Scream. I did not think about that. They had no black people in the original Scream. So I think the second one, because Omar Epps was talking about that. Was he? Yeah. He goes, the black guy dies first or whatever. No, not Omar Epps. Jada Pickett's character was talking about that. And she's mm. like, why are you taking me to see this? You know, blah, blah, blah. And... Um, I think that was the reason why they did that, because after that scene, that was it. Well, that's because we ran it back with the original cast from the first one, and uh, but the opening to it is fantastic, and then I... Oh, was... no, the roommate, too. Yes. The roommate. So I think they were trying to... I think maybe they got pushed back because of the lack of diversity in the movie. It's possible. It's not like today's world, though, you know, maybe Wes Craven, because Wes Craven, you know, he's never been, like, shy. Have you ever seen The People Under the Stairs? Mm-hmm. You know, that has a mostly uh, a pretty wide-ranging cast, you know? Yeah. No, I'm not saying him. I'm just saying they pr- that probably did get a little pushback because ah, of that. I would imagine so. You should, mm-hmm. like, I mean, uh, I get it, a high school in California might not have that many black people, but Why not? I'm sure there's some. Where I went to high school was majority white, but there yeah, were... Yeah, we live on Long Island. It's different. California is huge. Yeah, but where they were living was a very rich... It seemed like a white area, that oh, town yeah. that Sydney Prescott yeah, lived in. Yeah, I guess, like a very uh, suburb... You know, gentrification's a real thing, so, you know, yeah, it's yeah, possible. That's true. That's true. So, in my guess. And then when she went to college, the college should be more of and a I cosmic think, gumbo. I think that's probably, probably what mm-hmm. it was. You know, in a way. But that opening scene, and then obviously the way they spoofed it in the first scary mm-hmm. movie. Oh, scary. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he put, he's putting his ear. Yeah. And he's then, like, yeah. <laughs> then he gets the head of a dick in it. <laughs> he's not dead either. <laughs> So, Scream's the answer for both of us, Freddie. Thanks for that question, buddy. Uh, next up is from Kevin L. What are your favorite segments from Unsolved Mysteries? Now, he's going to be referring, I hope, to the Robert Stack Unsolved Mysteries, which aired The from, original Yeah, ones. which re- aired from the late 80s until the mid-90s. I, didn't I, the guy recently passed away? Robert. No, no. Okay, Robert so, been dead for Unsolved Mystery. I heard recently they found the killer of the guy that started it. I mean, I don't know what the origins of Unsolved Mysteries are. Unsolved Mysteries was just a basically a weekly show where they would do reenactments of crimes or mysteries, like just like in the sense of like UFOs or just like crazy stories. But didn't the, the host, his son? Now you're thinking of America's Most Wanted. <gasps> oh, America's Most Wanted with John Walsh. Yes, yes, with, and his yes, son okay, Adam Walsh. Okay. Yeah, they just recently solved that. Well, he started the show because his son was an unsolved yeah, crime. That they yeah, yeah. I was thinking of. The, okay, I was thinking yeah. about that one. Yeah, Adam Walsh. That no, no, no. Unsolved Mysteries is with uh, Ro- the first run was with Robert Stack from the movie Airplane. Join uh, me. Perhaps you 
may be able to help solve a mystery. Um, so he was the original host, and they switched hosts in like the late 90s when they did a reboot, and now there's a reboot on Netflix that's like two seasons in, right? For me, Unsolved Mysteries is extremely nostalgic because they do these reenactments from the late 80s and early 90s, and like just the way they're shot, it makes you feel like the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, yeah. They're a lot of fun. You know, I don't know if they've ever solved a lot of these. Sometimes you get updates on the show from previous episodes when you watch them, but. <laughs> I love there was a meme that said, unsolved mystery mm -hmm. and it's a guy watching it and mm -hmm. then at the end it's like when you don't know when you find out it's unsolved <laughs> and the guy's like disappointed he's like looking he's like what it's the name <laughs> of the show it's the name <laughs> of the show like see i couldn't watch a show like that because i would be pissed off like i don't i well, like i you know how much i love a conclusion well, the whole point of the show was they also had hotlines that you could call to help solve these mysteries. Yeah. And then they would solve a bunch of them. I mean, they didn't solve them all. Like, a lot of the ones are revolving around, like, UFOs and stuff. Like, you know, they didn't solve those because a lot of it was, you know, crazy people and stuff like that. But, like, a lot of the crimes, like, there was stuff where guys were on the run, like, bank robbers and stuff like that. They, they got found because of that. Mm. But... Uh, my favorite segments from the show, actually the one that always pops in my mind, is because I found out that these cities were real. Uh, in Florida, there was a, a nudist uh, big, uh, what do they call those? Like, It's a group, but they live in this big area together. So it's a, like almost like a, a, what do they call that? Like a fenced-in kind of town. But everybody who lives there are nudists. They don't wear clothes, even the kids, everything. It's a weird-ass place. Uh, so is I it a cult? No, they just believe in being naked and like you know freedom and all that stuff mm. like each other. i guess it's kind of cultish but anyway this guy comes in decides to join them turns out he's a criminal so he's like sexually abusing people robbing people because they did do like a background check on this guy but like they were just so but what really shocked me was that you know these people were just that trusting of this guy because i guess he was just accepting of them in their weird world you know that, i mean that i mean to each their own that makes it weird it doesn't make it, you know me, I don't like clothes at all, so. People, people I don't, that's one thing, though. It's weird it's with like, the kids, though. Yeah, the kids is, the, yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's, that's a strange thing, and, you know, so that's, you know, it's even strange. Like, you can go to, like, Jamaica, and they have swingers resorts. Well, I think these people were kind of like swingers, too, like, but the whole thing is just that he was taking advantage of these people, essentially. Like, they were pretty much innocent, in the sense, but they were too naive and ignorant to, like, how the outside world would be so this guy pretty much went in there and just railroaded the shit out of him and then left and they didn't catch him he got away with it pretty much mm. so because he was changing his name obviously uh the other one i think of always is their db cooper reenactment you know about db cooper right you don't know about db cooper one of the most famous stories ever so uh i believe it was over the thanksgiving holiday this guy i don't know how he got all this money what year 1970s oh. i don't know how he got all this money i think he robbed a bank or something he gets on a plane and he jumps out of the plane midair with a parachute, basically a commercial airline, basically, but takes all the money with him, never found him. Nothing, no trace Oh, yes, I did hear about it. Yes. I didn't know his name. D.B. Cooper, yes. Okay. They actually had a character in Prison Break that was, they believed to be D.B. Cooper because they never found the guy. They don't know if he's dead, alive, what happened. They never found anything. He was just, he vanished. You know, he kind of either got away with it or he died on impact that day. No one's 100% sure. So they I did mean, it. They would have found his body. Never found it. 
They, so they, he's I, alive. Oh, well, he was alive. I I he jumped out of a plane. They probably couldn't pinpoint exactly where he would have landed. So I guess it was probably like, I mean, we lost the whole plane. Like that Malaysian Airlines plane That's is just true. gone. So <laughs> what do you That's mean? True. One person in the 1970s. Very believable to disappear, in my opinion. Mm hmm. So that's one of my favorite reenactments. And then another one just off the top of my head was this family, um, a, a mother and father, like a conjoined family, but they had, one of them had a son from a previous marriage and then they had two daughters. He's spending the night there and he ends up killing the two daughters and burning the house down, essentially. And then for no, no one really even understands why, but he said he didn't do it. He said that somebody else came in the house and everything like that. Mm. And then when they kind of like figured out it was him, he went on the run. But imagine that he killed his sisters, burned his house down and everything. Mm. And for like almost like doesn't seem like a reason why. So the, that one was another one that really always popped. I heard head. that. I s heard that on a podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was done in uh, like a 1991 episode of the show. And uh, guys, for keen eyed viewers of Unsolved Mysteries, if you do go and watch them, they're on Peacock. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, that's where he got to start, was doing in some of those reenactments. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, moving on. Kevin L. with another fantastic question. He wrote, what are your favorite scenes from the following movies? Kill Bill Volume 1. I'm going to go with the crazy 88 fight scene at the very end. Uh, it's got to be the crazy 88 scene, though, right? When they're fighting everybody at the end in black and white and all the blood and then leading in, like, before the Lucy Lou fight when they face off one-on-one -on -one in the Well, snow. yeah, absolutely. Because there's so, there was so much fighting. It was so, like, it was so, I loved it. It was so much action-filled. It was, I loved it. No, it's great. It's that was my favorite scene, too, I think. But I do like the last scene of them fighting. The, the, with them one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. It is a great scene. The blood dripping out yeah. onto the snow off of, out of Lucy Lou. Oh, it's fantastic. No, I agree. But I also love the beginning, too, with Vivica. Vivica, oh, that is a great scene. Um, You know, like they were being, they were fighting, the daughter comes home. You know, like... They, yeah, it was that damn dog of yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, I'll, I'll say the first scene. Okay. If we're going to be different, to I'm going to say... To be I like that. I'll say the first scene because I, I love that scene with Vivica. She was upset about all the things she did, but she's like, listen, I have a kid now. My life's different, but she wasn't hearing it. Unfortunately, you know, you did try and ruin her life and kill her unborn daughter, so it's like... An eye for an eye. An eye for an eye. And she, I mean, Vivica Fox, I think, understood that. That's why she tried to get the jump on her. Like, you know, if the roles were reversed, I yeah. would be in the same position. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, the second one on this list is Sin City. Now, I actually haven't seen Sin City in a very long time. I so don't I... think I have. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't even remember exactly that movie. Um, I know that I, just, I remember how it was shot in that beautiful black and white with little hints of color. I mean, it's a Robert Rodriguez movie, Bruce Willis, uh, Mickey Rourke. Isn't that a bunch of people? I just, I really don't remember it enough to pick a scene. I haven't seen it. So we're going to unfortunately have to take a pass on that one because I do not remember. Now the next one, Pulp Fiction. This is tough because I cherish the entire movie and the only scenes I would even take out. I know movie, mine already. What the is it? The opening scene. The opening scene when they go and pick up, uh, yeah, the what's his name, Marvin at the place, and they go. Well, in the, the opening scene isn't it them in the restaurant? Well, they open in the diner, yeah. and then they start to rob it, and then they come back to that diner scene at the very, yeah, very that, end. Yeah, the beginning of the op the very beginning when they're in the diner and they're having a conversation. Just you just like that with Tim Roth and what's his I name? love that scene and uh, something plumber. Yeah, yeah, that. I love that scene. And then he's like, everybody puts the fuck like he's yeah. just. I love it. 
if you ever watch the movie back, you'll notice that uh, the girl, when she jumps up and she goes up, Honey Bunny, and she goes, All right, everybody sit down or I'll execute every damn one That's of That's the one yeah. that I love. At the very end of the movie, when that happens, you'll notice they change the line, actually. Oh, it's I two different takes. That. So it's actually, then she says, I'll execute every damn motherfucking one of you. So like, yeah. it's actually, even though it's the same scene, they actually did it like twice like that. And then I like when uh, John Travolta and Uma Thurman, they go dancing and then they were oh, doing yeah. the drugs and then he has to get her the thing for the heart. The adrenaline shot yeah. for the heart. And she- oh, that scene. That's actually, and it's weird. I you never actually scene. see her stab, him stab her, but yeah. that scene gives me anxiety every time I watch it. Yeah, and I love that, that scene. My favorite scene is actually right after, is the entire opening after that when they're in the car driving right up to the point where, you know, he's like, um, he's like, oh, Kahuna burger. Hmm, that's one tasty but you burger. Love that. You love when he's in the in the apartment with those guys. Yeah, it's great because it's just um, Steve, uh, Steve Samuel Jackson's uh, Jules just going around and he does the uh, you know the thing from the Bible, the only part of the Bible he knows. He does it. Down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger, those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And then he just does, and then at the end of the movie, he explains why he says that. And he's just, I just thought it sounded cool. But now <laughs> he's thinking about it. So it does come play back at the very end of the movie, but I mean. There's so many things going on in that movie, though. And it's told non-linearly, Pulp Fiction's a perfect Like, film. it's just so many, so many different things going on in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're all connected. I fig- sometimes I forget that that is a part of that movie. Like, you know, like there's certain parts that I forget were even connected to. The only flaw in that movie is Bruce Willis's girlfriend. That's the only flaw. She's an idiot. Yeah, and they could have recast her. I don't understand that one. That's the only flaw in the entire film. But, but maybe that's what the point was. Well, that she's supposed to be like naive and like yeah. kind of like a little bit loopy. Like she yeah. kind of like she does love Bruce Willis. That's for sure. Yeah. What is this? This is a chopper, baby. Who's chopper? This is Zed's. Where's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. <laughs> Zed's dead. Uh, Bruce Willis. I love. Bristle I know that's sad, but he's still. We'll always have Pulp Fiction. I always think of also that with the Simpsons joke, where uh, you know he hits, you know, Bing Rhames' character with the car. You know, he's crossing the street. He's like, "I'll be damned." I always think of the Simpsons thing where, "Hey, I know you," and then he hits him. <laughs> All right. Next up is Interstellar. Have you ever seen Interstellar? Besides yeah, the sixty-six times with me. With you, but I don't. You don't yeah, have a favorite no. scene from Interstellar? No, okay. I don't like the movie at all. Okay. All right. Hopefully this didn't I, do it to me. I hopefully, know. I have a divorce lawyer on the line. <laughs> might be Nolan's masterpiece. Oppenheimer, July twenty-first, baby. So anyway, Interstellar, my favorite scene in the movie. It's a sad scene, but after they get off that planet where time is extended so much because they're so close to the black hole that they actually like minutes on that planet is like related to years on Earth. So they're only on there for a few minutes, and they get caught up. Like the ship gets flooded, and Hathaway almost cost them this entire mission. You get the Hans Zimmer score just going in the background and every time you hear the click of the top clock is a year on earth just all those little details but then Matthew McConaughey gets back on the ship it's been I believe like 30 years or something close to that so even though he was only gone for like 20 minutes or something like that I'm just paraphrasing here he goes and looks at all his video messages of his kids played by Jessica Chastain and Casey Affleck sending him video message all this time because on earth 30 years have gone by mm-hmm. and you know he hasn't responded because he's been away for in his mind only like 20 minutes mm-hmm. and he gets back there and you know Jessica Chastain's like starts crying and says that you would have been back on this day 
when I was the age you were when you left and she starts to cry because it's her birthday then Matthew McConaughey starts to cry yeah. and it gives me chills just thinking about it but that yeah, what an emotional moment I remember I, I, I cried the first time I saw that cried the first few times now I won't because... well it's the, like you know when he gets back and he sees like his daughter's old yeah. you know like that that was really sad. It is Because you missed her whole life. Whole and, life, and you haven't even been gone that long in yeah. your mind. Which, that's why I love, and Nolan loves to play with time. I find time to be one of the most fa fascinating things in general, because it's just relevancy, you know? That's it. Like, that's all time is. And then, really, I believe that time is our biggest currency, because all you have is time to lose. That's mm. all we're on. It's All of us are on a ticking clock. Yeah. So, I love Interstellar. I'm upset that you don't like that movie that much. Uh, Sorry. The Dark Knight Rises. Now that's a movie you like. I love that movie. Uh, best scenes, the opening on the plane. Oh, yeah. Plane. I, I, bar none. In the IMAX, with the IMAX cameras. Well, I do also like the fight scene, the big fight scene where Bane kicks it, his ass. In the sewer, with no yeah. score, and you yeah. just hear the water running. Yeah. I do love that scene that, also. That's a good scene That is a, you know... Uh, but uh, the first one is obvious. The first scene is obviously... The Dark Knight, they have a similar opening scene, obviously, what we talked about last week. Yeah. They, with the clowns, and then then you have the the Dark Knight Rises with that scene, so they both have great intros. Yeah, I do. And they showed that, uh, they were showing that, and this is what kind of they do nowadays with Nolan movies. They'll give you, like, a clip from the movie, like the opening scene. They did it with Tenet also in, like, IMAX theaters if you go and see it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's the best scene in the movie. I, you know, The Dark Knight Rises is a little bit of a, kind of a clunky mess but it's still that opening scene is fantastic and i still like the movie aliens do you like I'm aliens i'm not really an aliens person no well my every time i watched it i fell asleep yeah how dare you <laughs> aliens is fantastic not as good as alien but aliens directed by james cameron is pretty damn close and my favorite scene in that movie is actually pretty early in the movie when they first start figuring out like when they send the team of troops in and they all start getting picked off one by one and we start to see that it's not just one alien it's just these incredible amounts of them and we get to see their screens like going off because they have cameras on their helmets as they start to get picked off and the fear that sets in that's my favorite scene in aliens I mean, uh, a lot of people might say the ending with nude and the uh, whatever that machine is that she's using, you know. Leave her alone, you bitch. When, he's talk <laughs> she, when Sigourney Weaver's talking to the mother alien. You know. <laughs> That's but funny. Aliens is a, it's an almost perfect movie. It's still, we've only really gotten two good alien movies, in my opinion. Alien and Aliens and three and on. It's ah, shaky at best, in my opinion. So that's my choice for aliens. And moving on to Kevin L's next question, and he said, "What are your favorite Taco Bell items that have been discontinued?" Welp, I can give you a whole menu of items <laughs> that have disappointed me that have been discontinued. And right off the top is the volcano menu. And if you guys go back a few episodes, maybe like ten or fifteen on this show, Taco Bell announced that the volcano menu was coming back in June. And would you look at that? It's June. Where the <laughs> hell is the volcano menu? All right, I want the volcano burrito. I want the fire taco back. I want the volcano nachos back. I just want the volcano menu back. I don't care if it ruins my life. I want that menu back so, so bad. That one hurts the most. And then right behind it, you can still kind of get it, so don't come at me with this shit, but you can buy it through the app only, and that's the quesarita. I don't know why they got rid of the quesarito. That was one of their best burritos ever. What do you mean you can buy it through? So, like, so if you go to a drive-thru, you can't ask. You can't ask them to make you a quesarito. You have to only order it through their app or DoorDash, I believe. But they have it. So why can't you order it through? Weird. 
Mr. Bell's an asshole. That's all I've gotten <laughs> out of that. So it's very frustrating that I can't get that. Uh, going back, I mean, I, I don't know. I used to. Do they still have chicken tacos there? I used to really yeah, like chicken I'm tacos. Sure they do. You know, I mean, but really for me, it's the quesarito and the volcano menu. That's the stuff that that really hurt me. I don't know why you did that. Me, but they're did. weird. Taco Bell's weird because the Mexican pizza was gone for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Taco Bell's weird. They'll take things off the menu and they'll see that people, hey, people really like this. Why did we take it off? And then they bring it back for a short period of time and then they take it back off. I think it's to get people to well, come yeah, back it's the hype. It. Like yeah. it, it's just like it's always like that thing. Like you get nostalgic for things and then um, you know then you get bored of it again. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's like always like people. I always see people like, oh, I wish that Blockbuster is still around. If Blockbuster reopened right now. We'd all be super excited for like a month, maybe go visit it once or twice, and then we would go, this is pointless, and no one <laughs> would go back again. And that's exactly what would happen. Like, I've kicked around the idea with you opening like another like type of blockbuster where my movies, people can rent them. I, I thought it would be great, the Let's Talk. It's a nostalgia thing, but, but yeah, that dies. That dies. So yeah, you're exactly right. By bringing it back, it's like the McRib. You bring it back for a short run, and then it's gone again. You bring it back. That's like how Disney did it with the Disney Vault. Like putting movies in and out and yeah, everything like that. Exactly. Because it makes you be like, oh, I need this now. And it increases their sales, supply and demand. It's all basically there. Yeah. I'm not a big fast food person. So. Well, only Taco Bell for me. Yeah. I'm not a big fast food. So nothing in fast food really gets me. Uh, Popeyes. Popeyes chicken is fucking Popeyes awesome. Popeyes is a good one. I love Popeyes also. Those biscuits are still the best on this planet. Mm -hmm. Maybe even better than Red Lobster's biscuits. And those cheddar no biscuits way. are damn no good. No way. No way. They're, they're dry. They're so dry. You need about three bottles of water to, to eat one biscuit. They're so dry. Okay, first of all, don't knock Popeye's No, biscuits. I'm not knocking it, but you can't say it holds a candle to Red Lobster. You can't You're say right. That. I think that Red Lobster can't hold a candle oh to Popeye's biscuits. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> right now, if you're watching this in the comments, leave your opinion on that. Which one is better? Yeah. Uh, just remember, Popeye's or Red Lobster? Just remember, the Popeye's biscuits is the correct answer. and the Red They had a strawberry biscuit at at um Popeye's. That sounds terrible. I'm yeah, not. I heard it was good. Some people said it was over. They're just so dry. Popeye's chicken is awesome, but their biscuits is really what gets me in the door. Mm -hmm. The chicken sandwich know. made like a big deal back in the day when that first came out. People were excited mm -hmm. about that. Um, okay, next question. This is from Lorenzo Harris, Man of God. Who are some of your favorite rappers turned actors? <laughs> okay, right away, I'm going to say Ice Cube. Ice Cube would probably be number one because he's probably the most successful rapper turned actor. Okay. Right? I mean, Boys in well, the Hood. Well, I guess. Yes. Yeah, Friday. The yes. Friday movies. And then he also kind of started doing kid movies. And then 21 and 22 Jump Street, really. Like, yeah. Fist Fight. Yeah. You know, Ice Cube is a... He's a great actor, you know. He always plays the angry guy, though. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say great actor, but he's a good actor. Yeah. He's guess, okay. Are any of the act rappers turned actors great? Like, Well, um, so I watch Power. Method Man's in Power. And Method Man was my first thought. He's great. Because of The Wire. Yeah. I, he, was, he was great in Power. And, and The Wire. So yeah. he plays two different characters. Like, The Wire, he's like... Oh, he, he's a gangster. But in a loyal Power... Gangster, He's he's a lawyer, but he's also into street stuff because he's helping street people. Mm. So, um, but he's very intelligent. He's very you know he he knows how to do his job. Uh, so I I will say Method Man. I like Method Man. Okay, that's fair. 
Um, I was thinking 50 Cent. You know, he had to get rich or die trying. Yeah, it's not really good. And I, was, I, I, I can't, you know, everyone knows 8 Mile, but that's the only role Eminem has ever really done, except, like, he's done some comedic roles. But other than that, like, he's not really been a great... And I don't even think he was that great in 8 Mile. He was serviceable, but I wouldn't say he was a great actor. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think I think you're right. Uh, Snoop Dogg. We didn't mention Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is you know he's usually just playing a, well, a spin on Snoop Dogg. Yeah, he was one of my favorites in Baby Boy. <sighs> no, you love, love Baby Boy. Love John that movie. Singleton. I hate Baby Boy. <laughs> That's one of John Singleton's That's worst sin. movies. <laughs> That's a sin. John Singleton can direct too, but that movie is That's not a sin. good. I mean, well, it, to you. Well, you know what? I th- I like the movie in the sense that it was Tyrese working with John Singleton, and I believe that bridged the gap to get Tyrese into Too Fast, Too Furious that John Singleton directed. Well, Tyrese is not a rapper, but he was a singer, so, uh, again, I that's guess that. But we've had other singers turn rappers. Like, he was an R&B singer, Tyrese, right? Yeah. You yeah. mean act, uh, rap? Uh, R&B singer turned actor? Any singer turned actor. Like, you have Chris Christopherson was a singer. He became a pretty big actor. Um... Dolly Parton. I mean, yeah, you know. but there's not many like that. I'm just saying, like rappers R&B, are a different thing. R&B, ra- I mean, R&B and hip hop go together. So yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, like James Brown and Aretha Franklin, like they pop up in movies back in the day, but they weren't like acting. They were kind of always playing themselves. But like actors, like acting, like taking on roles. I, I do agree. I think that Method Man is probably the best, in my opinion, as far as an Ice Cube. Mm-hmm. Met the man I think can actually act when he wants to. Will Smith. Well, oh wow! How do we not say Will Smith yet? Because you, <laughs> I think of these things. I don't. Th- you you know. What well, I mean? you know what it is with Will Smith. It's like <laughs> he his acting career overshadowed his rap. Oh career yeah. By a mile. I mean, <laughs> summertime. Because <laughs> this is summertime. I never think it's summertime. I always think of parents don't understand. She said, was that for me? I said, yeah. She said, why? Is it, come on and take a ride with the hell of a guy. Yeah, that's my summertime favorite. is, 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 that's a classic. That, he also had the Freddy Krueger song. Uh, Will Smith before that? And then obviously when he started making movies, most of his movies ended up having theme songs. Like, you know, that he would record like Men in Black or Wild Wild West. That would be tied in. And then you also had albums in the 90s. I mean, come on. And then you have Tupac. Getting jiggy with it. Tupac. Tupac was probably the most trained actor. Like, mm-hmm, he actually... He, yeah. Didn't he go to Juilliard? I he mean, went I to... I, I don't think Juilliard. I don't know. That I have to look up. I know he went to a school, a train, a, 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 a acting school. Yeah, he was. I mean, he's fair. with Jada Pickett. And I don't think it was Juilliard though, because I think it was in Baltimore. I can't remember exactly. I just know that he had acting training, and he was perfect in the movie um, Juice. And then he's great in Poetic Justice. He just didn't do too much acting roles. He was too. Mm-hmm. He's much more committed to his music career. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Lorenzo. That's a fantastic question, buddy. And the next one is from. Uh, you're gonna recognize this, Faith. A Mr. James Helen. Who would you Hi, care? Jim. <laughs> I saw him yesterday, by the way. Did you? Yeah, I saw him yesterday. He looks good. Yeah, looks, looks great. Good. He's always been a good-looking man, Jim. <laughs> Who would you cast to play the roles of you and Faith? Well, you get Brad Pitt to obviously play me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yesterday we had a conversation, and I'm like, I don't think anybody, I, I, I can't think of one person. I had one. So, I had. I wanted to wait till on the air to tell you, because I wouldn't tell you. So, I always said, because of the way their jaw lines kind of shaped and they're also very short uh the girl from uh, don't do elementary what's her name i always forget her name <laughs> um um quinta 
Quinta. Yeah. Quinta Bronson. Yeah, she. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are both little. You're both funny. You're yeah, both but cute. I don't think I don't. I don't look like her at all. Well, yeah, she's a little bit darker than you, but obviously, but you guys are both like around the same height. You're not very yeah, tall people. But she has a similar personality. Yeah, and then you guys both have the, like the the very like rounded jaws. I was kind of thinking of. Have a round jaw. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I'm just I'm gonna get think. this done then. And obviously. If <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so. How do I un? I gotta Google. How do I unround my jaw? <laughs> Did you think of anyone to play me? Other than like maybe Seamus would be a good one to wrestle. Right? A ghost. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> a ghost, Casper. Yeah, good. Go get Casper to play me. <laughs> so if I haven't heard these jokes before <laughs> in my lifetime. No, I don't know. I don't know. Um. <laughs> you again, like you're unique. I know, but like maybe Danny DeVito. Seamus, Seamus is like six five, jacked, and you want him to play you? I'm almost six five and jacked. Okay, fine. Okay. I'm five five and not <laughs> but still, we're both very white with red beards. Uh, very again, similar. I think you're unique. I think every you know. I can't think of anything to play, but that was a good one for me. Yeah, I thought so, right? I read that. I always thought of that. Like, I thought, hey, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Faith. Um, the girl who plays Carla on uh, Scrubs was my second choice because I always <laughs> felt you guys had a similar personality. Oh, yeah, we were loud. Yeah, loud and bossy. Yeah. It's very loud and bossy. I'm not that bossy. So. That's a great question, Jim. Thank you so much. Next one is from Seth. Uh, he kind of screwed up in his first thing. He wrote, he forgot to write a question. I don't know what happened. And he wrote, I'm dumb, laugh out loud. I never asked a question. Just gave a biodome reference. Uh, what's one of your favorite, if one of your favorite 90s movies was made today, what would it be and who would star in it? Kind of a lame question, but I feel bad for not Ooh, giving it Oh, that's a good question. A 90s film. And if it was remade. And you have to remake it. Mm-hmm. And who would you put in it? Um, wow. Oh, I'm thinking, wow, that's that a is, thinker. I, okay. And he said it was a bad question. And that's a great question. No, that's a thinker. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. Uh, uh, yeah, that makes that makes me think. Wow. Oh, wow. I, uh, I don't know what... Because, okay, so first of all, we have different tastes in movies. So, yeah. So, like, I wouldn't want Clueless to be remade. I think mm. it's classic. I no, think don't it's remake brilliant. The um, so, I can't say that one because it's it's... To me, it's a classic. Mo I would go with a movie that I feel wasn't good, okay. and then try to make it good. That, I, that it's a thinker. So you can go first. I want to think on this. All right. I actually was having a hard time with this myself. My first thought was to remake Speed. Mm. Um, Speed is a good one, but that's a good movie too. I know. That was my first thought. That like Speed I don't want. I don't want movies that we love to be remade to remake i mean a lot remade. of them like jumanji's gotten a reboot already so pretty much i mean mm -hmm. technically i think they're sequels maybe mrs doubtfire but it's a classic but <laughs> i think a modern twist in mr mrs doubtfire would be awesome who would you get it to in the lead of that like that i don't uh that i don't know uh, like, what's a big comedian now that could like do voices like that are there big comedians out there he is one of a kind robin williams was one of a he kind. he was one of a kind i don't think I like, think Will Smith really had big shoes to Will Farrell is probably... I could see him doing something like that. Will Farrell probably could. Will Farrell's kind of in that late stage of his career now where we don't get, like, the same Will Farrell, but he still does a decent Yeah, but job. I think he'd be so funny. He would be. Well, Will Farrell's always funny. Um, I'm trying to... Die. Because we kind of had something similar done 
in the 90s with uh, Big Mama's house. Was that the 90s or early 2000s? 1997, if I'm okay. correct, because I saw that in theaters. So it was kind of done like, you know, something similar was done already. Except he was the, a cop, where instead yeah. of Mrs. Doubtfire, he wanted to just see, see his, his kids. kids yeah. You know? But I could say Mrs. Doubtfire, but I don't know who I would have play. Maybe Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's a tough one. Because you, that's a, you have to have like a, a voice. You have to be a voice actor. Yes. Yeah, I was trying to, th I, I, I have a hard time with this because, uh, you know, right away your mind goes to like movies that you like, but like you don't want to remake it. And the 90s aren't that mm -hmm. far away. But yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire is a good call. Uh, you know, you can't remake Scream, but they pretty much are just remaking Scream. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, fuck. What was, uh, was American Psycho. American Psycho was 2000. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but that was, I was just going to say that was a good call. This one was a tough question, Seth. Oh, I know. Wild Things. Wild Things. That's a good movie. Yeah. That's a really good movie. I think that's 1998, but yeah. It's a good movie, but it can be redone. Definitely could be redone. And if you were going to recast everybody, because, uh. Anything that has cheese, a lot of cheese back then, I feel like could be redone because now we're in the age of cheese. Crazy. Yeah, and if I was going to recast, uh, because what is that? Nev Campbell. Nev Campbell. And Denise Richards and uh, Matt Dillon. So Have you gonna... you've seen Wild Things, right? It's on the shelf somewhere. Uh, look what the fuck oh, okay. right there. There it is. Yeah, that's, I love that movie. <laughs> but you've never, like, we never watched it. That's why I was wondering. We never watched it together? I have a review on the channel for that. Uh. <laughs> Sorry. It's a great movie. I love Wild Things. I could rewatch that. Also, a great 4K. But that is a good one. Who would you recast in those two roles? Who are, like, two young actresses right now that you think would do good? Nev can't... Uh, I, my first thought went to Zazie Beats again, because... I thought she would be, because I could see her doing that, having like a, because it's, you know, like you said, cheesy. I could see her doing cheese like that. No, I don't see her cheese. You don't see the cheese? No. I could see some cheese. I see like Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, Selena Gomez though. Like that she's cheese, just, cheese. I guess you're right. I mean, she does do that monotone voice and all the time. So, okay. That's a good one as fun of the actresses. Um, Seth, I hope we answered your question. That was a great question. Uh, you stomped Faith, so, <laughs> which is really hard to do because I can't do that. <laughs> So, thanks, Seth. <laughs> uh, last question. Tell him Freddie sent you. Who, wh uh, also, what are your thoughts on Demolition Man and Wesley Snipes' performance? And what are yours and Faith's favorite comedy from the 90s? So, Ooh, I love, okay. This so, is a great, that's why I wanted to end on this question. Okay, so Demolition question. Man, I've never seen. Yes, you did. You yes, just, we, yes. You, just, you watched it recently for the first time. What? When? You watched it and you talked, because didn't Mike Hurst always get on you, that guy we know about watching Yeah, Demo? but I don't remember what, I watched it a long time ago then. Okay, you, are you sure? With Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone, Taco Bell's the only business yeah, left? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, Wesley Snipes is so good in that movie. Yeah, I, I honestly, no, I didn't see it. Are you sure? Because you I said, because I said, Mike said... He's disappointed in me because I've never seen Demolition Man, and I, we never saw it. I thought you went out of your way to see it recently. No, Maybe no. it was Matt who I convinced to see it, because Matt yeah, was Yeah, it was not one. me, so I've never seen I, it. I don't know how you guys never saw Demolition Man. Uh, Demolition Man is fantastic. I love that movie. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes are perfect. Uh, you know, it's about a bunch of pe these two guys. The, well, one is, you know, basically their arch nemesis, and they end up in the future, and the only business that's open still in the future as far as restaurants is Taco Bell, so it's the future that I wish we could live in. <laughs> Basically, crime has been eliminated. It's a fantastic, cheesy, early 90s action movie. I want to say it's like 1993. 
Uh, Rob Schneider might even be in it, too. I always get it mixed, because I think he was in that and Dread, which is also Stallone, but, I mean, I love Demolition Man. It's a perfect... That one needs a 4K. We haven't gotten a 4K Demolition Man. Now, favorite comedy of the 90s? I, I know yours is right It away. has to be, because my favorite... Dumb and Dumber. My favorite comedy ever came out in the 1990s, and that's yeah. Dumb and Dumber, 110%. Yeah, I have to agree with you with that, too. Yeah, I thought you might say Clues, because that's kind of a comedy, no. but it's also, like, a teen comedy, so yeah. it's a little different. But then, like, I feel like... Jim Carrey has so many movies in the 90s, and they're all so close. Like, there's no, there's really very small, like, you could say, okay, Dumb and Dumb is your, our favorite, right? But then there's Ace Ventura. Same um, year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, The Mask. Same year also. So that's what I'm saying. So there's a lot of... And then When Nature Calls is 95, mm -hmm. and then in 1997 he did Liar Liar, you know? Yeah, and then we, then there's Don't Be a Menace. In South so Central so while drinking your yeah. juice in the hood, that's 1996. That is actually up there for me, too. Yeah, so, like, there's a, because that's when the spoofs came out. They started to come out, yeah, because so, the scary movie didn't come out till 2000. There's so, there's so many, but I will have to say, I guess Dumb and Dumber too. It's number one, it has to be, but there was, like, you know, the 90s were filled, the 90s were probably peak comedy, because you also had Groundhog Day was in the 90s. Kindergarten so. Cop. Kindergarten Cop. I mean, Jim Carrey was the king in the 90s, but I mean, Eddie Murphy still put The Nutty Professor out mm -hmm. in the 90s. And I love The Nutty Professor. Just, we just watched that recently. Yes. Movie holds up fantastic. I like <laughs> Dave Chappelle. Oh, man. That's... Is, is I mean, like, he's Dave Chappelle. Speaking of popping up in movies from the 90s or classic, Blue Streak. Blue Streak. Yeah, Amazing. Yeah, Chappelle pops up in that. <laughs> put your hands on the, on the oodles and noodles. Beef and chicken. <laughs> it's like me around candy. I'm going to chop it up. I mean, that was the rise of Martin Lawrence, too, in the 90s. Yeah. yeah I, mean, yeah. I mean, I know you love this. Because I'm not going to leave this pizza with you. And it's funny because you aren't really Mar a Martin fan. I like Martin Lawrence. In movies, I Not don't like. The show. I don't like the show, Martin. And I love the show. Because I mean, Martin. Bad Boys, he's perfect in. Yeah. Um, we talked already about uh, Big Mama, Big Mama's house, and then obviously Blue Streak, and then he was like, uh, what was that? A Knight's Tale or something? He was in. I remember wearing the, the green jersey the whole time too. Uh, but Martin Lawrence, he was he was great in film, and now he just he doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. Right, stand up's pretty good too. He was on the Deaf Comedy Jam, so. So, John, who who's your favorite comedian? Ever? Or stand-up comedian well, or comedian? Well, like, it can just be comedian. Like, they could do shows, they can do stand-up. Dave, Dave Chappelle. all yeah. around, right? 100%. Because he puts out good, funny movies, but he also does great stand-up. Killing Them Softly is my favorite stand-up special um, of all time. Awesome. Amazing. I quote that stand-up special constantly. Like, you know, like... <laughs> I've seen this once before, Johnson, when I was a rookie. This man came in here and hung up pictures of his family. We'll sprinkle some crap. Back on him. Let's get out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he has to be the and the goat. And then when he's acting too, he's he can do it. He's good. Yeah. So like, half baked. Yeah. yeah. And they're just freaking, <laughs> and they're making a half baked too. I just saw actually that guy. Like, he, I don't know. if It was officially announced. He has to be the goat. I love him. He's he's literally he's the. Cause I okay, so to me, there's two different types of comedies. So like, he trans, he transcends. He transcends all comedy. Oh yeah. You know, dry. You know, just laugh out loud. And then he um, also does commentary on like social issues too, mm -hmm. which you know can cause some controversy. We're not here to talk about that, but you know he's. Because I I'm a huge uh, Lucille Ball fan, 
and she transcends comedy to a place where I've never seen it Especially go before. Especially for women. In for the women, just that slap, the slapstick comedy, like Will Ferrell does, but I feel like Dave Chappelle does that too. Dave Chappelle can do no so wrong I, the like, comedy genre. I mean, Chappelle's show, I think, is the greatest sketch show ever. ever. And we only got two seasons and the lost episodes. Yep. And so, like, in that small amount of time, he put out some of the greatest comedy ever. So, mm-hmm. it's just sketch com. It's, just, it's incredible. Dave Chappelle is by far my favorite, mm-hmm. as far as comedians go. 110%. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, that's going to do it for us here on another episode of Let's Talk Physical Media. If you want to ask some questions for next week's episode, please leave those in the comment section below. And if you have any other questions uh, regarding like our life or yeah. just like anything you want, we you know we're open to more than just movie discussion and um, just life discussion as well. Uh, yeah. Give us some topics that you think we can talk about and. Like we say every week, the show is for you guys. So as long as you guys are entertained, that's what we're here to do. So whatever you guys want to see us do on the show, you got to let us know in the comments. But he gets to talk about movies all week long. So if you don't want us to talk about movies or whatever uh, during the show, just let us know. You know, give us topics and we'll do other stuff for you guys. And while you're down there leaving comments, make sure you guys like this video, subscribe to the channel, make sure you share this video with all of your friends. And if you're listening on all podcasts, come over to YouTube and check us out there. And if you're list- if you're watching the video, head over to all head over to all podcast services and search for Let's Talk Entertainment Media. Like it, subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating so Apple keeps pushing us. We would really appreciate that. And anyway, guys, enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you so much for being here with us.